Welcome to Weekly Homilies. Each week we present a homily by Father Mark Suslanko, pastor of the community of St. Isidore and Maria in beautiful Glastonbury, Connecticut. These are introduced by myself, Jonathan Sozek, director of our community's Faith Formation Office. For more about Father Mark and the life of our community, please head over to isidoreandmaria.org. Today, we present Season 1, Episode 31 of this podcast. We will hear Father Mark's homily from October 28, 2018, the 30th Sunday in Ordinary Time, in Year B. The Gospel for this week is Mark, Chapter 10, Verses 46 to 52. Let's now listen to that reading and hear Father Mark's response. A reading from the Gospel of Mark. As Jesus was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a sizable crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind man, the son of Timaeus, sat by the roadside begging. On hearing that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he kept calling out all the more, Son of David, have pity on me. Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called the blind man, saying to him, Take courage, get up, Jesus is calling you. He threw aside his cloak, sprang up, and came to Jesus. Jesus said to him in reply, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man replied to him, Master, I want to see. Jesus told him, Go your way. Your faith has saved you. Immediately he received his sight and followed him on the way. The Gospel of the Lord. If someone is described as being very persistent, it's not always understood in a positive way. When someone is said to be very persistent, we can almost have a vision of them being on the side of annoying. Images, for example, of young children around their mother who's having a stress day, one wanting this and the other one wanting that, and tugging on the strings and not giving up, insisting that whatever it is they want, they really need. Mom, trying to be a little bit more wise and prudent, is trying to stay coarse, being the positive disciplinarian to set the proper example. But yet the persistence insists. And so what you have is a situation then where out of sheer frustration, the mom gives in to the wishes of the child just to keep them quiet. Persistence. Sometimes we use that same principle and understanding in our relationship with God. We feel that if we're persistent enough, by approaching the doors of heaven, then God is going to do what we want God to do. Whatever that is that's happening in our lives at the moment. That if we bother him enough and beg him enough, he's going to come through and give us what we desire. Now, spiritual writers will tell you persistence is extremely important 
in one's spiritual lives. But it's what one is persistent about that is the key to understand. As Christians who believe in Jesus Christ, where does persistence in prayer factor into how we approach our relationship with God? Well, I would suggest that persistence really has to do with three things. Inner healing, wholeness, and the ability to endure suffering. Inner healing, wholeness, and the ability to endure suffering. You see, one of the things that we believe as Christians is that we live in this paradox. We live in a life of death and resurrection, of grace and sin. And no matter how hard we try to fight the mentality, the tendency is to skip over the bad part. You know, get through the suffering as quickly as possible or avoid it altogether so that we can get to the point of joy. Skip over the hardship. Skip over the cross. So we can just get to where we need to go and be done with the matter. But yet as we look at the life of Jesus, the way he teaches, the way he lives, we are seeing these different dimensions, these polarities, operative all the time. Even creation abounds with the tensions of dichotomies and differences. Our world and creation is going through change once again, where the wonderful green of summer is now dying into the fall, and soon to be once again the barren landscape of winter to then open itself up for the rains of spring and the new life of growth. We have these two opposites, seemingly, going on in our life, but are they really opposites? For they can be viewed in one plane as a part of what it means to be a human being. Look within your own self at your own journey to this point in your lives. The person that we find ourselves to be today is not just because we were a person who hopped, skipped, and jumped over the difficulties of life or avoided suffering. The person we are today is a product of all of that, of negotiating life's joys, but also learning how to endure and find our way through life's disappointments. And all of that factors in to the totality of our lives. The life of Jesus portrays that same story and paints that same picture. We see him struggling with this agony of facing his cross, of the betrayal of an innocent man, of the ridicule, the heartache, the physical and emotional pain, and then finally the crucifixion only to then open the door to resurrected joy. But as we look at those events portraying themselves, we cannot have the resurrection without the immersion into suffering. You cannot have the joy without the journey through despair. And as Christians, we're called to keep these two things in check 
and in balance, not to avoid them, but to embrace them. We have many legacies of folks who have done precisely that in our own history. People who, for example, went through the horrors of Nazi Germany concentration camps and still came out able to have a love of life despite being in the realms of despair and hopelessness. I'm sure all of us have met people who have struggled with grave disabilities. And we wonder how, at the end of each day, they can still have a positive attitude and a smile on their face. I'm sure many of us have encountered folks who have gone through physical illness, who've had to deal with tremendous challenges, but have kept a spirit of joy. And what it shows us, and this is the most awesome part of God's relationship with us and how he puts the whole business together, that there's never a canceling out of one or the other, even when we're going through a really tough and dark time. And think about a a tough and dark time that you've been through. There is still in that darkness this glimmer of light. There is still this longing that says, I want to live. I want to get through this. I want to be made whole. I want to see truth. It's a part of the human spirit. God places that within us. So darkness is never really truly dark if we put it into the perspective of what it means to be a Christian and a believer in Jesus Christ, darkness always carries the possibility of light. It always has the hope of resurrection. See, the problem is, is that sometimes in life, and I'm sure we all can relate to this as well, sometimes in life, we're forced to hang with Jesus on the cross a little bit longer than we may want to. We're asked to stay in that dark and uncertain place, maybe a little bit longer than we would have expected or hoped for. And it's difficult to be on the cross. It's difficult to be in that dark place because we can become confused. It's difficult at times to see God's presence. Even though we know that it's there and we know that that hope is coming and our hearts want to be healed and we want to be brought to that better place, And that love of life and love of God is still very active. It's still difficult to see when we're hanging on that cross, as it was for those who watched Jesus take his last breath on that Good Friday day. But yet life and our relationship with God calls us sometimes to that. And so the persistence is not about, God, take me off of the cross. No, It's persistence in learning how to work our way through that cross so that we can see the resurrection, so that we can be inwardly healed and made whole. Let's face it, we all have brokenness. We all come to life broken. We inherit brokenness. Our families inherit brokenness. They pass it on. No one gets Scott clean through life. And so there's healing that must occur within each one of us. And what is for certain is that if our brokenness and if our woundedness and if our times of suffering are not transformed, then they're going to be transmitted. 
If they're not transformed, they're going to be transmitted. So if I'm carrying bitterness in my heart, and I'm unable to get over some hurt that I've experienced, I'm going to pass that hurt on to someone else. If I can't get over whatever it is that is the stumbling block in my life, I'm going to pass that on to someone else. We see this in all of the stuff that's even happening in our world today. What just happened yesterday in Pittsburgh at the synagogue. Brokenness being transmitted to others. Anger that is over the top being inflicted on those who are innocent. If it's not transformed, it's going to get transmitted by all of us. And so the key here is to be persistent, certainly, in our life of prayer, because it's only there that we're going to find the courage, the insight, the patience, the wisdom, the understanding to allow God to be God and to take what is going on within us and bring it to a better and new place. A better and new place. And we cannot help others or find help from someone who has not themselves been transformed. That's why Jesus stands as the perfect example for all of us, as a way through the ugliness of life to its joy. And that's why those who have walked the walk can help us see the light and point the way and say, endure and be patient, and the light will come. We must sometimes stay on the cross. But even though it may seem it's enduring, and maybe the darkness may seem to be very dark, it's only for a time. Because eventually all things are made new, and all things are given new life in Christ. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.